Before I start this episode, I want to talk about calisthenics. Now, I know this is a football podcast, but I'm sure some of you listeners have little girls aged between two and six years old, and not sure what you want to do with them in the future, whether it's a sport like basketball or football, and usually you have to wait till they're six or seven years old. Well, Rayburn Calisthenics, club, a club based uh, in Craigieburn, are running a tiny tots, tots program for two to six-year-olds. Tiny Tots is a great introduction to calisthenics at a very young age. What is calisthenics, might you ask? Well, calisthenics combines dancing, gymnastics, and ballet all together. It promotes great team involvement in a fun, team-orientated environment. I've seen the benefits uh, with my own daughter as far as confidence and working within a team for a common goal. She's grown a lot uh, through calisthenics, and Rayburn have some great coaches as well. First class starts Tuesday, 3rd of October, and the classes are for four weeks. $10 each class, and they get to participate in in an end-of-year concert as well, which is a lot of fun. Any questions, you can go on socials and type in Rayburn Calisthenics. That's spelled R-A-I-E-B-U-R-N, Calisthenics, C-A-L-I-S-T-H-E-N-I-C-S for more information. Probably Facebook or Instagram are the best places to find out more information about it. Or if you like, just message me and I can pass on the info. So now let's get on with the show. Hashtag kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben McKay from the North Island Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Here is your host... Dean Vasek. Let's go, Kangas! David Uniak getting early possessions. Cunnington for the dream start. Cunnington for 35. They cover it everywhere and the party starts early for the number 10. What a wonderful, wonderful scene. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasek. You can find me on X at hashtag Kangas, Instagram hashtag Kangaroos podcast, TikTok hashtag Kangaroos1. So tonight is ladies night once again. It's been a while since I've had Marnie Cohen and Shaborn Rowe back on the show. Um, yeah, it was good to get their thoughts, especially Shaborn. Um, she's obviously been living a life overseas in Europe for the last few months. So it was good to get her back and nitpick a little bit about um, the under-18s and uh, the players coming through there. We obviously talked about the assistance package, recent delistings as well that happened yesterday. So a lot to go through. Let's not waste any more time. Bring on the lovely ladies, Marnie Cohen and Siobhan Rowe right now. Marnie and Siobhan Rowe, welcome back to the show on Ladies Night. A lot to go through, and I'll start with you, Siobhan. Now, did you know we were going to be be this bad this year on the field? Hence, you taking a three-month trip to Europe in the middle of the year. <laughs> Good one, Dean. Good one. It's funny. I was gone for for a while. I was gone for 14 weeks. And unfortunately, in the whole time that I was away, barring that win against the Gold Coast in round 23, we didn't win a game. So um, I think I probably chose the right time to go away uh, for a long period of time. Um, And certainly AFL is not a common sport overseas in Europe. So um, threw myself into a little bit of soccer to get some joy. Um, Unfortunately, it wasn't our year in terms of wins on the board. Um, But it was nice to see us play some good football in patches. um, And we got that win against the Gold Coast, which was nice. But the boys certainly... uh, didn't turn it on for me when I was over there with the 21 losses in a row. Um, but it's nice to be at the end of the season now and look forward to trade and draft period where hopefully there are nothing but positive things ahead for our club. You definitely picked the right time. And I was getting a bit jealous on Instagram every time I'm losing. And I'll look at your posts of, uh, on, on Sandy beaches in about 35 degree heat in uh, Croatia and yeah, wherever you were. So good times. Now, Marnie, now you went to the BNF uh, going back a couple of weeks ago. How was the, that night there? It was so much fun. Um, I love the Sid Barker medal. It's such a fun night. Um, I, this is the third time I've been now. And, you know, every every time just seems to get better. Um, the venue was amazing. The energy in the place was amazing. Everyone was really up and about. Um, it was a little bit, um, there was a bit of a dampener on it though. A few hours before the, the night started, um, the death of Ron Barassi, um, was announced. So that obviously was, you know, so, so the night sort of started on a somber note, but, um, you know, everyone was still in really good spirits and yeah, really, really enjoyable evening all around. 
Yeah, well, we might as well talk about uh, what happened, what transpired on the on the night. Now, Siobhan, I, I guess the top three, were, there were no surprises. And we had yeah. Taron Thomas finishing sixth after only half a year. But next year, we'll certainly be hoping uh, we get more senior figures in that top 10, don't we? I think so. I think probably one of the most disappointing results was um, Luke McDonald not finishing inside the top 10. Um, you would like to mm-hmm. see your captain at least placing maybe even in the top five to not even see him in the top 10 was quite disappointing. And um, same with Jai Simkin, who did land 10th. Um, I think despite missing um, quite a few games with those concussions towards the back end of the year, I'm sure he would probably be disappointed with his finish as well. Um, what concerns me a little bit is that Ben Mackay did finish seventh um, and we saw Jack Zebel finish fifth, um, which says a lot about the character of that man. Um, he had a, a great year in his final year at the club. And we also had um, LDU uh, finish very high as well, only playing a certain number of games. I think he missed eight for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Taron Thomas, which is a testament to his talent, but also a little bit concerning that he landed as high as he did, considering he missed so much football as well. Um, so I do think we probably need a little bit more out of our two skippers as well as um, the depth players on our list um, to to place a little bit higher because a lot of the players in that, that top rung um, miss quite a lot of footy or uh, are retired or are on the older side of things. So um, certainly the middle tier need to start stepping up a little bit more um, for us to go forward as a club. Yeah, would you agree with that, uh, Marnie? Well, especially those sentiments that uh, the middle tier players, you know, you're probably looking at Curtis Taylor, you know, maybe even Naden Core, who's probably getting, you know, in the late twenties. Um, we sort of want them in the top five, ten next year, don't we? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, agree with what Siobhan said. Um, it's been a problem for years, though. I mean, this is not something that's new. We've always had our middle, you know, our middle middle players not really polling very well. Um, or not really performing, they sort of hit their ceiling. Um, but I think that on the flip side, it is really exciting that, you know, our top three are, you know, three shining stars of the future. LDU finished fourth despite missing a fair bit of football. We know how talented he is. Taron Thomas finishing sixth despite only, you know, coming into the season in round 12, so halfway through the year. I mean, we've got some seriously talented players on our hands. And I think for us, if we can keep this core group fit on the field and at North, I think it's actually a really exciting thing. I think that, you know, that we really have the potential to, you know, start moving our our way up the ladder with this, you know, with this list um, or with, you know, the core of this list anyway. Um, So I think that for me next year, I want to see a very, you know, a similar result with LDU finishing fourth or, you know, Taron Thomas, you know, them finishing, you know, at the, at the top end of, of the count, but having played every game and having, you know, a bunch of players that played every game. I feel like we had a lot of inconsistency in our side this year as well. A lot of players did miss a lot of football. Um, and so I think that, yeah, hopefully we can get some continuity in our 23 that we put out on the park every week. And um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what we can do next year. Yeah, I think we used about uh, 42 players this season, which um, probably tells the tale that, um, yeah, we didn't get any continuity, whether through injuries or form, mainly through form, uh, through a lot of players, that we had to use a lot of uh, extra players. And that's probably why, hence why uh, players like Taron Thomas, even though he only played half a year, uh, finished in the top 10, um, because, yeah, there was, yeah, not enough continuity from other players for whatever reason. Anyways, uh, Siobhan, we obviously got the news about the assistance package on Monday, end of first round of this year, and two end of first rounders next year, plus an extra two rookie listed spots uh, for next season. Your thoughts on that? I was pleasantly surprised with the generosity of the AFL. Maybe I am just uh, a bit of a pessimist and certainly very cynical when it comes to the AFL and North Melbourne. Um, But I think it was quite a fair deal. I think a lot of us were really hoping that we would have some form of access to Riley Sanders and whether or not the AFL have given us those two first round picks at the end of next year that can be traded this year with that little asterisk saying that they can potentially change their mind on it, whether or not that's a nudge in the direction of saying, um, have a look at what you can do to try and secure this kid who clearly um, has an interest in coming to the club and um, is now officially part of our next generation Academy, which was quite a curious move 
I honestly thought that they would ha- be doing that so that we would have greater access to him. Um, whether or not uh, our recruiting team can work their magic and um, and make that happen for us is yet to be seen. But the, the two rookie-listed spots are probably the most curious part of that assistance package. I think that's a really great bonus for us because we are potentially able to retain a player that we may have delisted, um, whether that's a Kane Turner, whether that's a Dan Howe, they're there for um, extra security if we have um, any issues with the list going forward. So there's that side of it that I, I thought was also a, a good bonus, but certainly the first rounder at the end of this year will be of help. And it will be a curious case to see what we do with those two first round picks for next year. Personally, I think we will trade them just in case we, we do improve or hopefully we do improve next year um, and they decide to, to backflip on that. Um, but that will be a bargaining chip, no doubt, to try and elevate to get potentially if the conversation for Makai is pick three, three picks inside the top five or ten, that would be an incredible feat for the club that could set us up for years to come. Um, so those those two first round picks next year is the the missing chip, I guess, that we'll probably use um, going forward. And like I mentioned, that the first round pick at the end of the draft will help in some way, whether or not that gets traded, it's yet to be seen. It's a really interesting time for, for our club. I think um, that assistance package will do wonders for us. Yeah, it certainly helps. And I think the AFL kind of left it with us that um, with these extra picks um, that uh, we can use to you know, accumulate points and maybe even go, you know move up in a draft to uh, acquire Riley Sanders, which is a big talking point at the moment, Marnie. I mean, I think we were going to get access uh, to him, but uh, in the last few days, I think the you know, media were jumping up and down and uh, caused the spur. And it pretty much, um, I, I think that's uh, the AFL have sort of caved with that one and uh, pretty much haven't given us any access to him. It's just funny. We've, we've been handed a good deal if the 17 other clubs and um, mm-hmm. the media are just all it's, – it's grand final week and all anyone's doing is talking about irrelevant old North Melbourne. I find quite funny, to be honest. Um, at the end of the day, any club is, that would, is in our position or any club at any point is going to do what they can to better their position um, up the ladder, whatever it is, okay? And I think that – any club in our position would be silly not to at the very least apply for an assistance package. What's the AFL could have assessed the situation and just said, no, like, you know, you're on your own. You, you, you lay your bed. So you lie in it sort of thing. Um, so I just find the outcry and the outroar, you know, whatever, like it is what it is. I mean, any club, yeah, like I said, any club's going to do, what they can to better their position. And the club's been significantly disadvantaged in multiple ways for many, many years, you know. Obviously got the three. We finished on the bottom of the ladder a few times and all of those drafts have been compromised. You know, we lost Hugo yeah. Hagen. We lost access to Dacos and we lost access to Ashcroft. Um, and then we had, you know, in one, and in one of those scenarios in the year, in, in the Dacos year, we opted not to bid on Dacos and we took Holland Francis with pick one and 12 months later he was out the door. I mean, that's just unfortunate. Um, but when it comes to fixturing, we're not favoured. When it comes to games scheduled, there's no, no one's doing us any favours. When it comes to TV rights, no one's doing us any favours. So good on the club for standing their ground and, and applying at the very, you know, and that, that's all we could do. So I think it's, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what we do with it. I think the rookie thing is really interesting. Um, I read an article during the week that it could actually give Liam Shields the potential to play on next season. Um, he was only came to North on a one year deal and he will stay at the club beyond playing um, in a recruiting role. So there was talk that he may go around one more year next year. Um, and I was talking to him at the BNF and he was keen to go around again. So potentially he gets moved onto the rookie list and will be the rookie, you know, that frees up a spot on the senior list. Um, so that, that could be another option there, which I think would be great, um, would be great for him. And great for us. I think he's been fantastic um, for us this year. So um, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, if we're making everybody else angry, then clearly it's not a bad package. Um, and I'm just hoping that we uh, use it to the best of our advantage. And like I said, to further us on. 
Yeah, and that's that's uh, that's where it comes down to. Now we've got to make the most of it. I mean, we've yeah, I mean, we've got something out of this, um, which is the most important thing, and it's up to the club and Brady Rawlings and all the recruiters um, yeah, uh, to make this work. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll certainly see how we go. Uh, Siobhan, uh still no certainty that we'll get a band one conversation for Ben Mackay which is pick three for now. Oh, let's say we do, though. We have uh, pick two and three. Now, Daniel Curtin and the Colby McKercher are the names I'm hearing. At this stage, would you think they should be the play at number two and three? Firstly, uh, it's it's quite funny. I, I think Ben Mackay is going to be a really big loss for the footy club. And a lot of North fans might not agree with me. And a lot of people, I don't know if it's whether it's a protective mechanism, but he's played only a certain amount of games in in um in the years he's been at the club and he he's not that great but he landed seventh in our best and fairest and had a poor year so that's just where the list is at i'm a little bit worried about how our backline is going to look next year um and certainly i think daniel curtin will be one of the players that we take with pick 2 or 3 i think we've gone very midfield heavy in our drafting, and that's all well and good. But eventually you've got to turn your attention to the spine. We have an all-Australian superstar key forward in Nick Larky, who is probably going to need a partner at some point in time. I'm not sold that that's Charlie Combin just yet, and there are rumours that he will also go back next year. Um, but Daniel Curtin's a name that he actually played midfield um, in the, that grand final that just happened uh, over in Perth. So he's so versatile that he can play defender as a defender, as a forward, and also as a bigger midfielder at 195 centimetres and 94 kilos. So he is a player that we should be having um, on that draft board. We have to start prioritising key defensive, key position talent. Um, that is so dry on our list. And with Mackay going, it's, we can win the ball as a midfielder as much as you like, but unless someone can mark the ball and, and kick a goal that's not always Nick Larky or can stop the ball going the other way when you do lose it out of the centre, there's no no point playing the game. So that's a name that will certainly be up there for us. And um, Col- Colby McKersha from Tasmania is another one that you mentioned there, Dean, and um, his uh, national carnival with the Allies was incredible. He averaged 33 disposals across that and even his his games at, at playing for Tasmania in the NAB League. Um 41 disposals, seven clearances um, against the Oakley Chargers. So obviously he is a superstar and um, as good as some of the top midfielders we've seen in previous drafts. So he's another name. And if that name isn't Harley Reid, um, which I highly doubt will be um, the name, because clearly he's the, the premium midfielder of this year's draft, um, it will probably be Colby McKersha. Unfortunately, no access to Jed Walter, who would be absolutely perfect for our footy club as a, um, a Gold Coast Sun Academy player that's tied to them. Um, he's a key forward that's very yeah. going to dominate for years to come. You can just watch watch him play and he's a star. And there's also um, a player, Zane Dersma, who is the brother of um, uh, Xavier Dersma at uh, Port Adelaide, who's also been floated around. But I think um, McKersha is our man if we do go for a midfielder. And then there's um, there's Nick Watson, who's also on the radar of the, of the club. I, I have no doubt he's also in that top five range. He's a small forward, electric small forward. But I think if we go down the path of recruiting a midfielder, it's probably going to be McKersha, um, even though Watson is a, a need on the list. So they're the names that I'm sure are on the lips of the recruiters at the club. But I'm hoping um, Daniel Curtin is number one on the list. It certainly sounds like it. Uh, Marnie, what would you do, uh, be doing in a situation if you were list manager right now? Would you be like, there's obviously, we're lacking needs in uh, key position players and other areas of the ground, and we've got a million midfielders and a million half forwards. But um, yeah, we're certainly lacking other areas. Is it time to go for players that we need in a draft early, like a Daniel Curtin is a key position defender, uh, possible, yeah, a possible key position defender, or do we go best available, whether it's someone else? Maybe, oh, I'm not too sure. Let's say, you know, um, Daniel Curtin goes number one, then obviously Harley Reid goes number two. is another midfielder. Um, yeah, what would you be doing in this situation? I would be, if, if we take pick two and then say we've got pick three from Mackay, um, I would be going for Curtin and Watson. Um, they're both players that we desperately, they're both positions we desperately need to fill. The midfield, while it's interesting, I, 
there are a lot of players on our game at another club. Um, that's, I think that's very obvious. Um, I think that the midfield's probably the only spot where it's kind of coming together really well, but we've got real quality. I mean, Taryn Thomas and LDU are probably two where you can tick off and say, yeah. Well, I think I think well, I might have lost you there, Marnie. No, we'll move on. We'll come back to you, Marnie. Uh, Siobhan, we had some delistings yesterday. Um, oh, are you there, Marnie? Hi, sorry. That's all right. Um, yeah, continue what, with what you're saying. You sort of mentioned uh, Daniel Curtin and Nick Watson. Um, yeah, I, I think and you cut off after that. Um, no, they. So what I was saying is, I think that Watson and Curtin are the two players that I would be taking. They're definitely two positions where we desperately need, um, and we need good talent in there. And both of those players are top end talent. I think you know both of them have been floated around as you know going in the top five. Um, I think that, as Siobhan mentioned, we have gone midfield heavy um, in recent years and there's probably two or three that at the moment in that midfield mix that are top-tier quality midfield, LDU and Taryn Thomas are probably the two that I'm thinking of um, at the moment. And then you've obviously got Wardlaw, you've got Braden George, he'll be coming in as well. Um, you've got Simkin, you've got Greenwood. So these are players who are filling roles at the moment. I still think that the midfield, if we did recruit, Harley Reid will probably go to West Coast, um, but if we did recruit an, a quality midfielder, I still think there's room in the midfield, to be honest. It might seem crazy, but I, I still think that, that, you know, there is work that can be done. I mean, we're, we're 17th and we've been on the bottom of the ladder for a few years now, so clearly something isn't working just yet. Um, but I think that, Yes, to, it's a long way to answer your question. I think we need to start recruiting on what we need because you can't get midfielders out there every week. It just it, That's not how the game works. Yeah, I, in previous drafts in the last few years, we have gone midfield heavy. So now it's time to you know uh, fill the bookends. And Alistair Clarkson even mentioned a week or two ago that um, he'll be, he'll, he built Hawthorne initially through the spine um, with Lance Franklin and Lance Franklin and Jared Roughhead uh, coming to the club pretty early. And, um, yeah, he really built that football club around them for the next 10, 15 years and so forth. Uh, Siobhan, we had some delistings yesterday. Jacob Edwards, Flynn Perez, Lockie Young and Phoenix Spicer. Any surprises for you there? Unfortunately, no. Um, I think the one surprise probably was Flynn Perez, just the sheer amount of injuries that um, poor kid has had. I potentially thought that they would have kept him on the list um, for another year just to see what else he had in him. Um, but none of them were a shock. I think the most disappointing um, player there was Jacob Edwards, recruited number one in the preseason draft in 2021. The next player to go, at pick two in that draft was Jai Newcomb, who um, was bordering on Australian this year. So um, very disappointing to see him not come on. I know that big men take time, but it just seems that he couldn't even play um, well enough in the VFL, uh, which just was a bit surprising. Um, so never really fully developed there because I think we all had high hopes for him as a key forward alongside um, Nick Larkey. But unfortunately for those guys, probably just wasn't up to it, um, weren't up to it um, at the AFL level. Um, disappointed for Phoenix Spicer as well. I think we were all quite excited um, for him, but um, he had enough opportunities to kind of suggest that maybe he would struggle at the top level. So um, we thank them for their service, but um, AFL foot is a pretty cutthroat business. And once you're deemed to not be good enough, I guess that's that's the end for you. Um, same with Lockie Young, who was at obviously the Western Bulldogs before us um, and just quite couldn't get a game under Clarkson because if you look um, at his year, not not uh, this year, the year before, he um, was a regular in the side and I thought performed well, but um, obviously not in the future plans of the club. Um, yeah, it's, it, I think it'll be only a few of many more to come um, for this list. Yeah, no, I'll probably agree with you there. Um, Marnie, I think there's still four players that uh, don't have contracts yet. Aiden Bonner, Kane Turner, Daniel Howe, Jack Marnie. I think we spoke a little bit about this off air. Um, do you expect those, uh, any of those players to be retained for next year? 
Um, potentially Kane Turner. Um, I think he had a really good end to the year. Um, I know that'll make a lot of people's skin crawl, but um, I think that at the moment, when you look at our small forwards, um, he's probably the best of a, of a pretty bad bunch, to be honest. Um, the kind of if, if he's the best at the moment of of that of that mix. I mean, Spicer just got delisted. I don't know if Jack Marnie will um survive either. Um, so you know, it's kind of he's your option for now. Um, but I do think he did have a good a good sort of um end to the year. Didn't I got a love hate relationship with Dan Howe um as well. Sometimes he's really good, sometimes he's um but I just I just don't be mediocre anymore and I think that these decisions need to be made. You know, these cutthroat decisions need to be made those players would get a game anywhere else. So why are we giving them a game? It just comes back to that same point. Um, I don't think any of them really add anything that we can't get from another player that we already have on the list. Um, so I don't think any decision will be made on those players, though, until sort of the end of the trade period when we see who we can bring bring through the door. Yeah, I mean, Siobhan, you know, we're getting uh, two extra uh, rookie listed spots. Um, I'm sure you'd want uh, Kane Turner and Daniel Hare to take them both up. It's it's probably, <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I can't, I can't criticise Turner's back end of the year because he was very good. But the way that Nick Larky spoke about Kane Turner at the best and fairest night suggested to me that that's probably the back of him. But we thought that a couple of years ago and we were wrong. So I just have a feeling that maybe he he might be around for another year or so. And he's not the worst player to have on the list of security. The one thing I don't want to see is him playing every week in the best 22. That's all. I think um, we're, we're probably past that point, but maybe we're not, you know, I'm not, I'm not making the list decisions, but I'm hopeful that we use those two extra rookie spots. Um, as Marnie mentioned earlier in the podcast, to hopefully keep Liam Shields on for another year. Um, what's not lost on me is how we've how much senior experience we actually will be losing. I mean, we already have seen the end of Hall, Zebul, and Cunnington in terms of seasoned experienced veterans. And now Goldstein and Mackay, it's just alarming how young we might be again and raw so it'd be nice to see shields go around he might be one of those spots but even if we use it for a player um in the draft and we go down that path and select someone else and and, um open up a spot for them i'm not sure but um i don't think that um how and turner will be in our best 22 regularly next year if we're to progress as a club Oh, I wouldn't think so. Um, you'd certainly hope not anyway. Um, but, yeah, uh, like Marty said earlier, I think uh, his last month of football, Kane Turner, um, uh, might get him another year. But uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Marty, but did he get uh, – he got awarded life membership on the BNF night too, didn't he? He did, yeah, um, which I think is a nice moment for him. I mean, you can't – he hasn't no. been terrible his whole career. I mean, you think about, you know, the way he played in that 2014 – elimination final. I mean, he was just a kid. He was like 18, 17 even. Um, and, he, you know, he's, he's had some good moments. Um, but unfortunately, he's fallen victim to what so many have uh, over the past sort of eight to ten years at the club is that they hit their ceiling way earlier than we expect them to. And I think that's, that's the thing. You talk about it's obviously frustrating, yes, John Newcomb was taking the pick after him and, you know, everyone's been, that's been going around everywhere. Um, going into that mid-season draft, Jacob Edwards was the number one pick that was rumoured to go in that draft. And maybe had he had a bit better guidance and maybe had he had a little bit more development, a good assistance with development, then maybe, you know, we could be sitting here with a different end to this story. So I think the fact the club has gone ahead and addressed that issue with Gavin Brown leaving at, you know, at the end of the season is probably the best place for us to start, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, just on that, uh, Siobhan, what the hell happened to Jacob Edwards? Now, yeah, yeah I mean, he was the consensus, consensus number one pick for the mid-season draft, but the, um, 
obviously there was something about him, but he he was hopeless in the VFL this year. He averaged less than five possessions a game for a big uh, key uh, ruckman uh, slash forward or forward slash ruckman. It, it's like he um, couldn't play the game of football. You know, um, what did uh, what was um, the scouting report, I guess, on him when he was picked in the mid-season draft a year and a half ago? It's a very strange, curious case. It doesn't make a lot of sense because um, he he's 202 centimetres. You understand that, that big guys take a bit more time, but he went backwards at a rate of knots mm. um, and he was playing in the NAB League and he looked a level above so many other players. And the reason he got taken in that mid-season draft was because if he got into the national draft – that he would have been a, a high pick in the national draft. So that's why North immediately took him with that pick one that year. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's what's very strange about it. And whether or not they um, they may not have got the balance right of whether or not he was to play forward or to play ruck, um, it just he just lost all traction by the looks of it. Um, but coming into that draft, yes, I agree with Marnie in the fact that we did the right thing by recruiting the best player available, but it then goes back to the issue that we've spoken so much about on this pod- podcast is that why at our footy club do we bring players through the door that are touted very highly, that have talent, but then at a rate of knots a lot of the time, they either decline or they stagnate or they become bang average players. So that's something that, like Marnie mentioned, should be addressed by a new development panel and a, a new um, system with the, with Clarko and um, hopefully he has a full year as coach and those things should help that process. But unfortunately for players like Jacob Edwards, they're just no longer going to be part of hopefully the redevelopment of our development side um, of the club. Yeah, we've seen this too often. Like, he's, look at these players. Flynn Perez, probably, what, third or fourth year into the system. I understand injuries uh, played a big part in his uh, career derailing. Uh, Lockie Young, you know, been in the system for five or six years. Phoenix Spicer, three years. Aiden Bonner, five or six years. Kane Turner, nine years. Uh, Daniel Howell, it uh, doesn't matter. Uh, Jack Marnie, you know, three or four years. Um, yeah, and instead of, like, uh, they've you know, started off their careers pretty well in the first year generally, and for some reason, three or four years into their career, they're pretty much uh, either gone or or close to gone. So, yeah, that's something we've really got to look at in the future. Um, Marnie, Ben Mackay has been rumoured all year to be leaving, and Essendon was the club he was strongly linked to for a large part of it. Do you think with uh, the offer he's gotten from Essendon that you can't really match that? I mean, rumoured of around 750000 a year over seven years. That's a big risk for a guy that's had his fair share of concussion issues and hasn't been able to get continuity in his body um, for pretty much his whole AFL career. Um, from Essendon's perspective, it's a risk, but also not really. I mean, yeah, it's a risk in terms of it's a big salary, but they don't have to give anything up to get him. So I personally think if I'm Essendon, uh, it's a risk worth taking. There was a rumour that Hawthorne's deal was uh, 800000 a year um, over five or six years. And, you know, again, I think in their, in the, from their perspective, I think it's a risk worth taking, um, you know, key position um, players, especially big defenders like Ben Mackay don't grow on trees. They're pretty hard to come by. Um, and I think that's why, you know, it, it has been such a hot, you know, market for him. Sydney was in the market too at, at one point. Um, good luck to him. I mean, it's disappointing. Um, I think if the I think if the money that they were offering um, was a bit less, I would like us to match it and then force a trade um, because I, I think it would be really good for the club to stand their ground. But you know, you've got to draw a line somewhere. And um, you know, Curtin does seem like a really great replacement. Um, and while he might take some time, you know, we are here for a long, for the long haul and a bit of a long-term, you know, plan at the moment. Um, he hasn't been happy all year. There's been rumours circ- circling all year that he's going to request to to leave at the end of the year. So at the end of the day, you know, part of the club is about performing well on field. Part of the club is about creating a good culture too. And if someone doesn't want to be there, um and the offer that, you know, someone else is putting on the table is just out of what I would say a reasonable reach pass, then just, you know, we part ways and we move on. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Siobhan? I mean, good play when he's on, uh, but he's been consistent, inconsistent this year, hasn't he? 
Yeah, I agree with everything Marnie said. I think the only issue, Dean, is that key defenders don't grow on trees and also quality enough key defenders don't grow on trees. Um, It would be, I'm actually intrigued to see where his career ends up um, because we all know Robbie Tarrant was an excellent player for North and um, didn't get the recognition he probably well-deserved because of the club he played for. So we'll see what type of reception Ben Mackay gets at the Bombers, if that's where he lands. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's the probably the wrong part of the ground for us to lose a seasoned player. We did put a lot of time and energy into developing him. And now that he's probably at the peak of his powers to choose to leave is extremely disappointing, not a shock, but also um, it's, it's quite sad. And our club has a history of not losing um, players even through shittier times, which we're experiencing at the moment. So that side of it's really disappointing. But um, like Marnie said, if they don't want to be there, what can you really do at the end of the day? And um, let's just hope it's band three compensation. I'm band, band three, band, pick three <laughs> compensation, band one for us. Um, I'm really hoping that that's the case. If not, I'm hoping the club can really put the foot down and, um, match the offer and hope for a better outcome for the club because I wouldn't be accepting anything less than pick three for Ben Mackay, even though he has had his issues with his injuries um, and so forth. He's a quality player that um, we deserve the fair compensation for to hopefully um, recruit Dan Curtin. And in 10 years time, if we're all sitting around the table, having a discussion, um, we can say that we won out of that deal and um, we got a quality key defender that can take us to the promised land, which I don't think Ben Mackay would be able to do currently um, with the way our list demographic sits. Uh, Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. I mean, it seems like uh, probably, you know, uh, outside of this year, before, you know, last year, based on his form, they probably have to think, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand over five, six years probably would have been a fair offer. But just this year, with the inconsistency he showed on the football field, it's uh, it's a lot of money and a big risk to take on him. But um, you can certainly understand it from another club's perspective, like an Essendon or a Hawthorne. Um, but uh, good luck to him. Another player, Marnie, and I know this one breaks your heart, and that's Todd Goldstein, Goldstein uh, leaving as well. Heavily, heavily linked to the Pies now. Uh, this will leave a hole in the ruck space for 2023, won't it? Because you aren't high on Tristan Sherry, it's fair to say. No, I am not at all. Um, yeah, it does hurt. Um, it's pretty It's pretty sad. I always thought that Goldie would finish his career at North. Um, he'll always be a North person, though, no matter where he ends up. And to hear that he's been linked to the Pies in the recent week, um, I've actually been really happy with, to be honest. Um, it'd be really great for him to go there and, you know, have one more crack at success. Um, he's been an incredible servant of our club and I, I only want him to go on and, you know, if he's going to leave and go to any club, you know, may as well be Collingwood. Um, so, yeah, I'm, 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 you know, it does hurt. And I think it would hurt a lot of North supporters. But at the end of the day, um, the start of the year this year, we opted with Sherry um, over Goldstein as the number one ruckman. And then when Sherry was fit, um, he came back into the side and played alongside Goldie. And um, unfortunately, Goldie doesn't didn't have the impact that he's probably had um over the past you know 15 years or how long he's been at the club for um I would have I think the club probably offered him one year I don't think two years for him as much as I do love him um is is a is a smart idea for us moving forward I think we should really if you know if he's not going to be there then we probably need to look at bringing another ruckman in and just you know giving giving them the lay of the land um Todd Viney's comment about Sherry being the number one ruckman in his letter to the club to, to supporters during um, last week was quite concerning for me personally. Um, Sherry was second to Goldstein when the two of them played together at the end of the year significantly. Um, he's pretty ordinary in the ruck and he's not a particularly good footballer around the ground. So I'm interested to see to see what we do in the ruck department. Um, Hamish Free is the only other ruck now with Jacob Edwards going that will still be on the list alongside Sherry. Um, so whether they're able to to get him fit and into the side next year and give him a crack, I don't know. I've seen a couple of names floating around from other clubs that um, would I'd be pleased with if we brought them in um, for, as a ruck option. Obviously, Jordan Sweet from the Bulldogs isn't one of them. He's going to Port Adelaide. So 
it'll be it's a really interesting trade period for us I think um, I think it's a really important one um, as Siobhan mentioned not only um, are we missing a lot of key key position players and really key roles but we're also missing a lot of experience and while it might have worked in Hawthorne's case this year I mean they've obviously made a lot of progress um, with a very very young side you, you know a bit of experience doesn't hurt and that experience coming from good quality players, not from a Dan Howe or a Kane Turner, no disrespect to either of them, but they're not the ones really to be setting standards at the moment. Um, it would kind of be left to Greenwood and Shields um, and Luke McDonald, who also has had a pretty hard year. So uh, a lot of int- a lot of interesting things that are going to take place in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, for me, I'd definitely be looking at, uh, at bringing in another experienced Ruckman from another club. Yeah, I think we have been uh, linked with the Port Adelaide Ruckman that got delisted. Um, I, I don't know much about him, to be honest with you, but um, apparently we are linked to him, um, whether he's any good or not. I, I assume he's not great if he's been delisted, but um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Another player that you didn't mention there, uh, Marnie, was, and I'll mention this to Siobhan, uh, you were high on CCJ when we got him to the club. He's been a bit indifferent, but this is his chance now if he wants to be a ruckman to take the number one mantle, if he is good enough. Or you think his best position is still forward with spells in the ruck? Not really sure about um, CCJ, to be honest. Um, He obviously had that really great patch in the VFL um, earlier this year and then came in and had a really solid month up forward. And then concussion kind of, you know, he he got injured a couple of times quite heavily with concussion he ended up being ruled out for the end of the year and he kind of just struggled um to get back into it after that after that first month um I know that he wants to play forward as his preferred position I don't know if he's good I still do I actually don't know if he's good enough to be honest with you um want to give him another year and hope you know give him a, a you know a good patch of games to kind of see what he's made of but I don't think that he would be our number one ruckman I know that that's the that he, the up forward is his preferred position and that's where he wants to make his mark but he's got to do a lot more than what he did this year to to solidify that position I would think yeah, I did ask that question to Siobhan, but thanks for oh, trying. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh good no problem oh my god Clearly yeah, nah. passionate about the subject. Yeah, yes, clearly. <laughs> um, Siobhan, uh, I'll get your thoughts on CCJ now. Yeah, um, exactly what Marnie said. I think, to be fair, uh, my mind immediately went there when um, Goldie did announce that he would be seeking an opportunity at another club. I thought, okay, so if it's not Sherry, and I'm with Marnie here, I don't think it's Sherry. Um, more so, I think he isn't a great ruckman and is basically obsolete around the ground at this point. I'm certain the club will persist with him, but it will come a time when we all might have to sit down and have a conversation about Trish and Sherry. Um, and the other option on our list, are Hamish Free, who we know not much about and didn't exactly show huge signs in the VFL or CCJ who, who does want to play, as a ruckman, that's why he he came to North. So whether or not he gets his wish, and we say, go for your life in the ruck, and we will play you forward as a resting forward. I do still think his best position is forward, but it's something the club can try. We don't have anything to lose, so why not um give him a chance to show his wares in the ruck and and also be a damaging player up forward because I think the prototype best ruckman in the competition, such as your Max Gorns can show that they can be effective all around the ground. Callum's yet to show that, but um, you never know if we if he, he gets that responsibility and we let him have a, a long sort of stint at it, whether or not that uh, tree will bear fruit. So um, that's an option for us going forward because otherwise if we cannot secure um, a seasoned ruckman of sorts in the trade period, I worry again about where we're going next year. Um there is a lot of, of serious talent that is now off the list. So um, let's just hope that, that some Clarko magic can be spun and we can find someone that can immediately come in and fill that role that isn't um, Tristan Sherry. 
yeah, I mean, not many names really excite us there. But, I mean, it is a position on the ground that you could probably get away with someone being a bit average. I mean, we've seen, you know, Tom Boyd be number one ruckman for the Western Bulldogs in a premiership year and a number of other uh, players as well. Um, you know, I think uh, Callum Sinclair might have been for the Sydney Swans as well, number one ruckman in their premiership year. So it's probably an area that uh, we don't have to put too much importance around, but um, it'd still be nice to have someone decent, um, especially, you know, uh, coming off Todd Goldstein, probably a greatest ever ruckman um, in the history of the club. So, yeah, we'll, um, we'll see how that pans out. Now, Marty, Zach Fisher, looks like he is coming to the club on a four-year deal at around 450000 a year uh, with a trigger of a fifth year. Uh, Dylan Stevens from the Swans wants to cl- come to the club. Uh, maybe a child looks like he might be a target as well now. Uh, Nick Haynes, Charlo, Charlie Spargo, uh, other players rumoured. Um, would you want any of them or any of those names excite you? I think the, I think the prospect of Dylan Stevens is a really interesting a really interesting one. Bailey Scott is the only winger um, on our list currently. We've obviously got other players rotating on the other wing. Curtis Taylor's played through there um, a bit throughout the year. Eddie Ford's played there throughout the year and they've done a good job. But obviously we we can see how impactful Bailey Scott has been on that one wing. So I think having another winger on the other on the other side in, in Stevens um, would be a really great addition to the club, especially if he does live up to that you know, he's taken a pick five. So if he kind of does live up to that, um, to his original pick, that would be great. Um, I think Zach Fisher also would be a great addition um, to the side. I've spoken to a few of my friends who are Carlton supporters who, you know, all are quite devastated to lose him um, and think that confidence is is the thing that's missing in his game. Um, he is super versatile um, and he's a really electric player, which I really like. But the one thing that really I think would be, about acquiring Fisher is he could he could slot into that Harry Sheasel role, you know, rebounding off the off the half back, and then that would give us the freedom to start moving Harry up the ground. Um, because I think you know we want him, you know, center and forward of the ball. Um, I think that's where long term is going to be best for us to have him play. Um, and so I'm hoping that. That is the intention with bringing Fisher through. Um, the others, they're all they're all good players. They would all be serviceable, serviceable players. Um, but those two, for me in particular, are the names that probably stand out the most out of that group. Mm, fair enough. Uh, what about you, Siobhan? I think Charlie Spargo would be a good addition yes. because he's exactly the type of player we need in the team. I would be thrilled. Obviously, we know um, his dad played for the club. And when we didn't end up drafting him the year he went in the the draft to to Melbourne, um, I was a little surprised because I think he's someone that has a lot of talent, um, has some nice moves, and he's certainly what we need, a crafty small forward that can hit the scoreboard. So he's someone that I'm super interested in. Hunter Clark, whether or not we go down that path again, there were some suggestions that Nick Caulfield, who is Hunter Clark's um, counterpart in that same draft when St Kilda picked up um, Clark and Caulfield, he is known to be a a rebounding halfback with quite a lot of run um, from the Northern Knights originally in the TOC Cup, um, comes with leadership qualities, has had a horror run with injury. So whether or not um, we look at, at someone like that, that could be a steal um, considering he did go so high in the draft and has had that um, bad luck with injuries. Um, is someone that we could take a risk on if he wasn't coming across on uh, that would cost the club in terms of draft pick, someone that we definitely have a think about because that's another area of the ground I still think we're lacking in um, is a bit of run and dash off half back and someone that has a penetrating click, kick like, like Caulfield um, does. So there's another another name that's being floated around and also um, the name Nick Haynes doesn't seem to go away either who um, is a defender from the Giants on the older um, scale rather than the younger scale of his playing career but would also be a great asset as he's known for his intercept defending and might bring a little bit of leadership and experience down in that back line where unfortunately we don't have much. Um, But I agree with Marnie as well. I think um, Dylan Stevens, for him to want to come to the club,
job as a, a former high draft pick. Um, and obviously Sydney is a side that not that easy to break into. So I'm quite excited to see how he would go on that wing and what he could bring to the side. And same with Zach Fisher, whether or not we, we play him as a um, a small forward even because he's known to have, have played that role at the Blues. Um, but like Marnie said, I think the prospect of Sheasel up forward excites all of us a little bit, doesn't it? So um, whether he plays off half back, that's yet to be seen. But it looks like Stevens and Fisher might certainly be um, coming across. And if we can secure Spargo or some of the other names I mentioned, I think we're well on our way to improving next year. Um, and it'd be, it'd be nice to see another Spargo running around in that forward line. So um, fingers crossed for, for a good outcome for those those potential uh, trades. Yeah, no, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see how it all pans out. There's obviously a lot of rumours around this time of year and half of them are a load of shit. So, yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, I like, yeah, because they are players that we kind of fill needs, like you mentioned, Nick Haynes, a bit of leadership. Um, it was obviously on big money at GWS and can't get a game. And, you know, Charlie Spargo, apparently there's rumours that uh, he had a bit of a falling out uh, when he got dropped, uh, couldn't get a game. So, yeah, maybe it uh, could be a good opportunity to pounce on a couple of players. Now, before we finish, um, we also added Xavier Clark as, as an assistant coach. I spent eight years at Richmond, highly rated. Do you know much uh, about him outside of that, Mum? No, I don't. But um, someone who, one of my friends, she goes to St Kilda and, you know, she really rated him as a player too. So um, I think he comes with a really good rap sheet, player and coach. Um, and to be in that environment at Richmond, you know, obviously – during their successful period um, is uh, is definitely never a bad thing, adding um, adding that experience and the success um, that he brings. So, yeah, I think I think he um, he seems like a really great addition to the coaching lineup. Yeah, I think we've still got to add another assistant too because we let go on a couple. But, um, yeah, I'm not too sure who else is out there. Do you know much about Xavier Clark as an assistant coach? Siobhan or heard him from a lot. I know that he was the forward line coach at the of the last two seasons at Richmond, which um, that is is interesting in itself, but he was around for those three flags. So no success and certainly knows what he's doing. And um, he did coach his own football side in the Northern Territory as well. So the fact that he has some form of, of senior coaching experience um, probably doesn't hurt either. But it's, I think if, if Clarko's wanting him under his um, wing as an assistant coach, we just have to trust those decisions and um, and hope that, that they can – um, help us out and uh, he was a development coach at um, Richmond as well as their VFL coach so he's had a, a raft of experiences so really excited to see what he can bring along and um, obviously we know Gavin Brown's no longer at the club and there were quite a few um, other coaches that are no longer there so a new look coaching and development and recruiting um, department isn't necessarily a bad thing for the club so let's just hope that um these these guys can bring their own new spin on things and um, we see improvement going forward. Yeah, it certainly feels like, uh, Marnie, it, um, that this is pretty much the first year of Alistair Clarkson, really. I mean, last year was a bit of a uh, shit show um, with a, a number of numerous uh, a, a number of things that uh, happened off the field and probably not having his own assistance, the ones that he really probably wanted to get into the club. He's pretty much just gone with the previous uh regime. Um, so, yeah, it pretty much feels like uh, the first year of Alistair Clarkson right now, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's easy to forget, um, but Clarko only officially started at North in November last year, so he had no say um, on the playing list that he inherited, really, with the exception of bringing in Shields and Howe. He didn't really touch it. Um, he pretty much left the coaches untouched, um, he obviously brought in Todd Viney. That was sort of the, you know, they kind of came together, but that was sort of the one. And then Ratton as well, um, who came across more than what he bargained for. Uh, poor old rats. But, um, yeah, it is. It, this does definitely feel like the start now. Um, last season was just about a write-off. But, um, like I said, Clark only came and, and officially started at North in November. So he now has the ability to shape the list the way he wants to. He can shape the coaching panel or, you know, those who, who have left. Um, he can shape the coaching panel in the way that he wants to. So I'm excited. It's a massive off-season for us on the field, off the field. Um, 
but I think it's it's exciting. I think a big change is really needed. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully this will set us up for our, our climb back up the ladder. Yeah, and another thing um, it looks like he's uh, done, Alistair Clarkson, is he pretty much wants to get rid of the part-time coaches. Uh, no more Josh Gibson, no more Brent Harvey, uh, effectively. I think he's moving into a different role. And Jonathan Brown, uh, he, I think he want, just wants full-time people, which is probably a reason, it might be a reason why we've uh, lacked with um, a lot of development. We've had too many maybe part-timers. I'm not too sure. This is just me you know, speculating. But, um, yeah, it sounds like uh, he, he just wants full-time people at the club now. Oh, that's for you, Siobhan, anyway. No, I, I love that. I absolutely love yeah. the fact that, that he's done that. I think um, he wants full buy-in, full investment and people that are around all the time to support the players and his vision. So I am quite excited by that fact. It's sad to see some of those people go um, and I've got no doubt that they have contributed in their own way to the footy club. Um, and I'm sure that Boomer won't be lost at the club. He will um, move into something else. They'll make sure that that man is around the footy club because he is still um, the heart and soul of this footy club in, in many ways. Um, so it is, it is exciting to see that he's serious about making sure that the people that are at the footy club are 110% invested and are buying into the system and the culture and the environment that um, he's going to set going forward. So that can be nothing but a good thing that we're um, bringing in people that are North Melbourne people when they walk through the door and, and they're there all the way to see these players improve and, um, and watch us rise up the ladder again. Oh, we certainly hope so. Anyway, well, girls, uh, it's been a pleasure. I've had you on for you know close to an hour now. Uh, Marnie, you want to add anything else before I let you go? No, just a big thank you and looking forward to the trade. Yeah, that's not far away. What about you, Siobhan? Thank you for having me on, Dean. It's been an absolute pleasure to um, to speak to you guys again. And it's a really exciting time. For me, it's probably my favourite time of the year, especially um, when we haven't been performing too well on the field. And if we nail some of these decisions, whether it's trade, whether it's draft, I do think that it's going to hold us in good stead. And we could be looking back on this period in 10 years' time going, just like we have with Sheasel, just like we have with Wardlaw, um, looking back and going, well, this is what set our football club up. And when was the last time that we could say that we've had pick two and three, fingers crossed, in the draft and um, another first rounder that the AFL have, have given us and um, potentially um, going after Gold Coast pick and picking up Sanders as well and using those two future first rounders. There's just so many p- parts of the the puzzle that are coming together a little bit and this is the time, this trade and draft, to put down a lot of the pieces that will set us up for the future. So um, I'm sure we'll chat again, but it, it's a really exciting time and let's just hope that the right decisions are made because if they are, um, we'll be looking back on it with a bottle of champagne and hopefully some tears in a few years' time. Well, it's probably um, the most important trade period we've had at the club for a very long time, uh, if ever, to be honest with you. We've got to sort of start nailing this. Um, otherwise, we could be sitting here in another three years' time sort of saying we have to rebuild again and asking for more assistance, and which we don't want. So, yeah, very important time for the football club coming up uh, over the next few weeks, and I'm sure I'll have you girls on to talk about it as well. Uh, well, Marnie, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Like I Thanks, said, I'm sure I'll get you back on soon. Definitely. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Siobhan. Pleasure as always. Siobhan, uh, great to have you back and I'm sure I'll have you on soon again as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Dean. And uh, who is both of your tip for the grand final uh, coming up? Just very curious to know. Uh, Marnie, you, go, you can go first. Oh, I think I think Collingwood will um, will win it. I, I'm, um, I think it's the Pazia. I am probably going to go the Lions. They seem to have the wood over the pies. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much my own logic. Uh, I think they've beaten them six times in a row or something. What about you, Siobhan? Yeah, I think the Lions, they'll uh, they'll get rid of that MCG hoodoo and they'll, they'll win on Saturday. And hopefully um, it'll be our rude boys on that stage sooner rather than later. Well, it might be the women's team this year, so who knows? Yes. <laughs> we'll uh, see how we go. Anyways, girls, thank you so much. Uh, I'll chat to you soon.
So thank you very much to those lovely ladies for coming on once again. And thank you very much to all you listeners for all the likes, retweets, and comments you all put out for the show. It's much appreciated. If you can leave a rating review on your favorite podcast platform you use as well, that would be awesome. So I'm not sure when I'll be back uh, next, probably uh, early next week. I'm sure I'll be there'll be a review of the AFLW game coming up against uh, GWS Giants uh, this Sunday at 105 at Arden Street. Uh, get down if you can, um, and probably a little bit more men's talk next week as well. So I'm sure there's going to be plenty more news uh, come through over the next few days. So look out for that. Anyways, that's it for tonight. So tonight I will leave a shout out to Tim Rogers at Tim Rog three two one zero one zero two one on X. Bye for now and go ruse.